Now, a regular attraction that uh, draws in the crowds at Festival of Speed every year is the Cartier Lawn. And this year's Style at Lux celebrates some of the most fabulous-looking cars. Gary Axon, we're, we're stood here in beautiful sunshine and a p- blue sky on the, the Sunday morning, and the crowds are already flocking around these amazing cars, aren't they? A- absolutely. In fact, I think this is rather the calm before the storm because, as I say, it's uh, very early for Sunday morning. But as you say, already, you know, the Cartier owes... Yeah, attracts so much attention and we've got such a varied range of cars here it's uh, but I think you know within an hour it will be absolutely heaving here yeah, this is a good time to see them isn't it in the the early morning sunshine now tell me about some of the the cars that we're, we're looking at as we walk around the lawn here well what what we tend to do for the um, Cartier Silla looks is is really um, let's say have a good mix a good balance showing motoring history through the years and you could almost say from the sublime to ridiculous so there's nothing ridiculous here but we've got cars that are literally worth millions upon millions of pounds others um, that you know you may see one or two in the car park but we we base uh, we have seven classes for the cars we tend to base those around anniversaries so for example we just stood by a beautiful stunning um Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost from the Edwardian era and it's 110 years this year since the original Silver Ghost was launched and in fact I'm just looking at it now and um, that was the car that really put Rolls-Royce on, on the map and the, the tag, yeah, the, the best car in the world that's, um, it was applied by um, Autocar magazine at the time to that very car and and likewise with all the other classes, so we have some Aston Martins from the David Brown era. So David Brown was a, a tractor maker, and um, he responded to an ad placed in the, the London Times back in 1947, 70 years ago, um, a car company for sale, a failed car company, for £20,500. And it turned out to be Aston Martin because after the war they'd um, gone under, and um, so we're marking the David Brown era of ownership of Aston Martin with the very first model, the DB1, the two-litre sport, it was officially called, and really bookending some beautiful um, one-off coach-built Astons um, with the, the final Aston of his era, which is a rather unusual 1972 DBS V8. And sadly, Aston Martin failed again, thankfully was saved, and now are doing better than they've ever done in their entire history. I know people involved in marketing nowadays look at the absolute coup that they pulled off with the DB5, the DB5, isn't it, that uh, James Bond had? Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, you can't get better advertising than that, Well, no, you? and it's funny, actually. So, as I say, because most of the cars we have on the lawn are um, coach-built examples, we, we have a DB5, but it's not the regular um, 007. So it's actually no ejector a, seat in this no, one. Well, no, Hopefully not. I've not found it yet. But um, it's a a shooting break because David Brown um, had a couple of um, gun dogs and they wouldn't fit in the back of his DB5 coupe. So um, he thought, oh, we'll build a shooting brake. So it's a, effectively a very fast estate car. And um, let's say we have one of those built by Harold Radford, a London coach builder, um, in the, the mid-60s, and it's a rather nice example. Apparently, um, this one has a tweed upholstery because 
they came as standard with leather, but the dogs used to chew the um, the leather seats, so at least the, the tweed was less expensive to replace. What a lovely story. Now, the great thing about the uh, the lawn here is that within a matter of 10, 20 yards, you can cover decades of, of motoring, but also you go from, as you've explained, the uh, the vintage Rolls Royce, which looks stunning in this yes. sunshine, don't they? And then you, you get up to date with McLarens and Ferraris uh, just over underneath the tree there. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. So, yes, we're, we're really spanning all eras, and in fact, even earlier, older than the Rolls Royces here, we have some Stanley steam cars. Stanley were founded 120 years ago, and at the turn of the, the century, steam was actually more popular than, than petrol that we used to now. Sadly, by the early 20s, things had changed substantially, so steam died out. So we have, again, one of the earliest Stanley steam cars and one of the very last from 1924. Now, the Concorde d'Elegance means that the owners of these cars have spent, lovingly spent, hours and hours making them look better than when they left the original showrooms. Um, the list of judges is, is quite phenomenal that you've had this year, the Earl of Snowden, um, and there are people from the, the world of entertainment and design in there. They must have had a very, very difficult job. Well, yeah, no, very much so. And, and as you say, it's a, although it's a Concorde d'Elegance, many Concorde d'Elegances are about, you know, polishing and polishing inside the, the tailpipe of the exhaust and so on. For the, um, the Cartier, it's rather different in that it's... So the cars, of course, have to be beautifully presented, but it's more about the, the design, the aesthetics, and, and the judges. So rather than necessarily being absolute car experts that would know each chassis number and say, well, that widget's not in the right place. It is more about the look of the car. So it's people in, from the world of design and fashion. So, for example, this year we have Sir Norman Foster, the very famous architect. Um, chaps like uh, David Gandhi, the, the model that sort of ha- obviously has an eye for um, fashion and, and clothes. And it's, yes, it's, it's really the sort of, yeah, they, they look at in, in terms of the style, the elegance, you know, which, which would you choose? And as you say, it's a very, very very tough choice. There are almost 50 cars on on the lawn, and um, I keep changing my own mind. You know, which would I choose as the overall? I'll winner? put you on the spot, Grant. Which, which would you choose, Gary? I, I think, if I'm honest, there's a beautiful. Um, blue, a one-off Ferrari. It's the 70th anniversary of Ferrari this year that, as you know, we're celebrating very much at the festival speed. And we've chosen a class of early Ferrari 250s, which, again, um, helped put Ferrari on the map in terms of road cars rather than competition cars. And, as I say, there's a one-off car um, built by Bertone in Turin, designed by Giaro, who, when he was a young lad, he, he went on gone on to be one of the world's finest car designers. And it's a car that um, I've seen in the books, in magazines, now on the internet. Um, never seen with my own eyes until now. It's never been to the UK. It spent most of its life in America. And it was sold two years ago for um, £14 million um, by a, a chap based in Switzerland. So at least it sort of came back to Europe. And it's just stunning. It's, it's beautiful work of art. And I think, personally, that's what I'll um, I would go for, but actually, I suspect the um, Rolls Royce Silver Ghost, the original 1907 car, may well um, take the top prize. The sunshine glinting off the polished chrome work there is um, it, it makes it look tremendous, doesn't it? I'm sure you're probably right. I was just trying to add up very quickly while you were talking there. If we, we assumed sort of uh, uh, a value for that and a value for that and a value for that, and I, I couldn't add enough noughts on the end for what's on this lawn. <laughs> yeah, no, I've run out of fingers very quickly. Um, just, well, for example, the, the 
original Silver Ghost I just mentioned um, has for many, many um, decades now been known as you know, the, the most valuable car in the world. And it's, it's pretty well, it is priceless. It's impossible to you know, put a value on it. But, but another car and another Ferrari, we have a um, 250 GTO, you know, one of the most iconic cars ever made. And the particular example we have here came fourth at the Le Mans 24 hour race in 1963 and then won the... Um, automobile Tour de France race in 64 and is known as the Tour de France car and um, an estimate value on that is roughly 30 35 million pounds so it's that just takes your breath away, doesn't it? And actually, we, we should say that a little bit more quietly because the, the great thing is that the public coming in can touch these cars. Can't oh, yeah. <laughs> but actually, do you know, they're so respectful that they, they get very close and they look at them. But actually, they never touch them. And it, it's quite interesting. When you look at the, the grass, the lawn around them, it's now with, um, you know, we're on the, the fourth day of this year's Festival Speed. So the, it's a, you know, a tortured piece of grass, been well trampled, but there's a respectful distance just around each car, but it's still nice it. and that's, green. That's yeah. remarkable, isn't yeah. it? That's, uh, that's tremendous. So, and I think people appreciate the fact that these are cars they may only ever see once in their lifetime, you know. And so, that, yes, the last thing you want to do is, you know, um, scratch it, damage it in any way. And all the years of um, the Cartier Steel Air looks, I'm touching wood now, my head. You know, we've, we've never had um, a car that's been, been damaged. And um, because it's, yes, yeah, as I say, people respect just how special these cars are. Another fantastic year uh, here at the Festival of Speed. Some amazing cars and some tremendous uh, stories and insight into those vehicles as well. Gary, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Steve. Good to see you.